0: Is Malik Carr going to have a breakout season for Michigan State? I think so. You probably think so. But more importantly, Ted Gilmore thinks so. He also sounded off on the scrimmage. Is Michigan State going to go bowling this year? Brett McMurphy seems to think so. And then opening up the mailbag, who are some dream home and home opponents for our Michigan State Spartans? Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans. Your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners, thank you so much for kicking off your day with us here at Locked on Spartans. Your team in green and white five days a week. Kickoff right around the corner, and there was some media availability today at practice. Yes, a few of the players talked, nothing too salacious from them. However, we did hear from tight ends coach Ted Gilmore today. All right, and he kicked it off with, I think, a pretty funny quote. I don't know. I'll let you guys be the judge of if you find this humorous or not. But he told the fine media contingent of Michigan State, quote, Well, about Malik Carr, he didn't like me sometimes, and I didn't like him sometimes, he said with a laugh. I'm 56 years old. I don't need a 22-year-old friend. This was after talking about, hey, Malik Carr, Three years at the program, there have been some ups and downs with him, and everyone's just kind of waiting for this breakout year from Malik Carr. You know, the former four-star product outside of Metro Detroit area comes here with a great background, a lot of hype, but still haven't seen it fully materialize here in East Lansing. But Ted Gilmore, he didn't skirt around it. He said that he can make a name for himself this year and that he will be a starter this year. There's a lot of position battles going on. Tight end is one of them, especially after an offseason where they saw no less than 68 tight ends transfer into the program. But it looks like Malik Carr is making some serious headway here. He also went on to say, and this is a tweet from Chris Solari of the Free Press. Go follow his work over at the Detroit Free Press. He said, MSU tight ends coach Ted Gilmore on Malik Carr, quote, It's been a three-year process, but Malik is at a point where he's truly embracing that he's a tight end and everything that comes along with that. Also adds that he is impressed with his improvements in blocking as well. Not too long ago, we had a segment on this show saying, hey, we've heard a lot from players, we've heard a lot from coaches this fall camp. What else do a lot of you guys still want to hear, though, before the ball kicks off on September 1st against Central? Many of you wrote, not, not just one or two, many of you wrote... I want to hear that Malik Carr has improved his blocking because, look, we haven't seen a ton of him, relatively speaking to you know how talented he is, in the last two years here. What's keeping him off the field? It's that blocking. Ted Gilmore said as much that, well, yeah, he has made great strides in that. A lot of you wanted to hear that he has made great strides in blocking. All right. Check that box off. This could be a massive, massive year for Malik Carr. And look, this is why I think it's going to be a big year for this junior here. Two reasons. The first, just raw talent ability. A lot of you guys already know this about Malik Carr. Or, I mean, don't just take it from me. You know, some joker with a microphone. I mean, take it from a former player. All right, Not too long ago, Tyler Hunt, former tight end. He was on this show And he talked about how much of a freak Malik the Freak Carr is. I mean, just the way he was talking about him made him seem like a folklore character. But yeah, Tyler Hunt, a guy that was in that tight end room, blown away by the athleticism. Again, what was holding him back? Well, no block, no rock. That goes with receivers. That also especially goes with tight ends. Also, on Monday's media availability, Malik Carr said himself that he is up to 6 feet 7 inches, that's a nice frame, like we also brought up at the start of the show. A former 4-star product, went to Purdue for about 5 minutes and then transferred here and also has that basketball background. And no, not just some, okay, I play a little bit of pickup here and there. No, he was on the family AAU team in the Nike EYBL circuit back in high school. Go watch a few of his mixtapes. He can throw down some dunks too. Like he does have some bounce in his step, some bounce with that six foot seven frame. And look, so he could be a great checkdown option, like many tight ends are, especially when you're breaking in a new starting quarterback. That's always a nice safety blanket for those guys to have. But he could also be a nice red zone threat with the jump balls because, well, once Kyan Coleman has left, once Jaden Reed has left, there are going to be. Some opportunities for someone to make a name for themselves with jump balls in the end zone, and it's it's going to be Malik Carr, guys. I'll just spoil it for you. Uh, and look, if everything that Ted Gilmore said is true about his blocking ability, okay, he's going to see the field plenty. So that's the first reason, just raw athletic ability on its own. Number two reason it could be a big year for Malik Carr. Guys, gals, It it just, it just kind of... Has to be a big year for Malik Carr here. Uh, Let's take a look at the receiver and tight end position from last year. All right, the tight ends and the receivers combined for 226 catches. All right, 159 of them are gone. They're gone. Sayonara, see ya. 70%. Of those catches from wide receivers and tight ends, they are gone, guys. Keon Coleman, I don't know if you've heard this. I hope you're sitting down. He he's long he's long gone. He, he's he's out of here. Jaden Reed, uh, he went to the NFL. Daniel Barker, he's out of here. Jeremy Bernard, hey, he had seven catches. Or Cade McDonald, if you want that as well, he had three catches too, guys. That is a lot of production to replace. Yes, there's no shortage of names that we've been hearing about at the receiver position. I mean, it is a seven or eight horse race to see who is going to be the starting three receivers and getting a lot of playing time but hey a lot of these guys have different tools different traits different speed ability there's something that I don't think anyone in that receiver room has and it's the ability to have what Malik Carr has with his athleticism with the jump ball and being that big bodied receiver uh look and last year He was log jammed as well. Daniel Barker, he had 21 catches. Malik Carr, just 16 catches. There is no log jam this year, and Ted Gilmore said as much on Monday. Uh, Last year, just for reference, tight ends accounted for 52 catches. Uh, That's also including Tyler Hunt as well. That was 21.7% of all receptions. I think we could see a little bit of an uptick here because, hey, just like we said, Jaden Reed's gone, Keon Coleman's gone, Malik Carr is going to be the most athletically gifted pass catcher wearing a Michigan State helmet on Saturdays. I don't even know if that's a hot take. I think that's pretty obvious here, but I mean, Ted Gilmore, look, it wasn't all coach speak because he did say some stuff during this press conference on Monday, you know, that kind of maybe stuff that we didn't want to hear, but we'll get to that in the second segment. I think he's being very transparent and honest about Malik Carr and how much he can play this year. So I think finally... For once and for all, we are going to see what Malik the Freak is capable of because, well, no more logjam. A lot of production to replace last year, and uh, he's going to be a dynamic, dynamic weapon out there. So what kind of year, though, are we expecting from Malik Hart as far as numbers go? I like staring at numbers. I like staring at box scores. Maybe you do as well. Now, are they going to be... Sam Laporta numbers. Uh, Look, if you're a Lions fan, you know who that is. He is the tight end out of Iowa. He was the first team All-Big Ten tight end last year. And my goodness gracious, he had 58 catches and 657 yards. Uh, The second team guy, all right, out of Purdue, Payne Durham. 56 catches, 560 yards, and 8 touchdowns. My goodness gracious, those are crazy numbers. That's a lofty goal for Malik Carr. But can he get closer to those numbers than recent great tight ends at Michigan State? Because, guys, it, it has been a minute since we've seen a good, productive year from a tight end at Michigan State. Now, we can sit here all day and debate whether Connor Hayward was a tight end in 2021, Quite simply put, I think he just played the Connor Hayward position, right? But hey, we'll give you those stats anyway. 35 catches, 360 yards, and two touchdowns. Now, the last good tight end that I can remember here off the top of my head, Josiah Price, did really great things for Michigan State in his entire career here. 2016, a great year. 38 catches, just under 400 yards, and five touchdowns. Is it crazy? to think that Malik Carr can do better than either of those years. Have the best tight end year for Michigan State Spartan in recent history? I truly think so. Will it be the 560 yards and 56 catches that Payne Durham had for Purdue last year? No, but I think it'll be closer to the 500-yard number than it will be the 400-yard number. I think it can be a big year for Malik Carr. I think that this could be the best year for a Michigan State tight end. As far as receptions go, look, I mean, both these guys did great, things in in many other ways in catching a ball, but I think we can look at 500 yards, give me five touchdowns for Malik Carr on 50 catches on the dot. I like that. That's a lot of fives for you. 50 catches, 500 yards, five touchdowns. I think that's an attainable goal. I really do think it is. Uh, We're going to get to a little more talk from Ted Gilmer uh, and a few other uh, notes and quotes, including, hey, is Michigan State going to go bowling this season? At least one guy out there thinks so. But first, This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all feel uncertain at times in life, and no, 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 not just with Michigan State's secondary or their kicking game this season, but actual, real-life stuff that we often aren't sure how to handle. And that is where BetterHelp steps in. Whether you're dealing with decisions around your career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life, so that you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Therapy is helpful for many reasons from learning positive coping skills to how to set boundaries or, hey, just simply becoming the best version of yourself. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited around your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists too for any time for no additional charge if you're not getting the vibe of the first one. Hey, let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on college today and get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on now back to the tight end position here. Uh, Ted Gilmore also sounded off on two of the uh, 1,000 transfers at the tight end position. Talked about Ty Neal Hopper and Jalen Franklin as well. This is another tweet from Chris Solari. Gilmore said that Ty Neal Hopper had his best two weeks since transferring from Boise State. Also said Wisconsin transfer Jalen Franklin has shown excellent athletic ability but needs to keep on weight and become more consistent at catching the ball. All right, just for stats here, uh, Franklin, Jalen Franklin out of Wisconsin, just two catches and 40 yards to his name. Tinyel Hopper, we talked about this with Stephen Brooks uh, on the last episode of Locked on Spartans here. 45 games at Boise State, but just 22 catches. I think he's going to be the primary uh, blocking tight end, if you will. But, again, there's so many other younger guys, too. Michael Masunas, Brennan Parachek as well, Jack Nickel. I mean... Yes, they are redshirt freshmen or true freshmen there, so this might be a bridge year to get to those three guys, but that's your stable of tight ends. Now, I did mention earlier that, hey, Ted Gilmore wasn't just spoon-feeding coach speak and positive sunshine to the media, the entire media availability. They had a scrimmage on Saturday. He was asked about it because, well, of course, we would love to get any nugget of information possible, and Gilmore said as much, quote, offensively, we are not where we want to be. All right, there we go. Obviously, we still got a lot of stuff to clean up. We're trying to be balanced, and there's times we were able to be balanced. At times, it wasn't, so that's ongoing. Look, I, I'm not going to pull every single fire alarm in the building right now and start panicking. I mean, this could have very well just been just uh, an honest assessment and maybe lighting a fire under his team that, eh, hey, to borrow a quote from Tom Izzo, we're not going to get too fat. We're not going to get too sassy here. Uh, we're, we're going to stay grounded and keep our eye on getting better every single day, but also just on the side, what we've heard from Saturday's scrimmage. I mean, they they keep information more locked tight than got a lot of classified files at the White House. It seems like um, what I have heard, though, because I, I do know some people that know some things here. Uh, look, this might not even be a surprise here, but it's it's what it's what we have. All right, it's what I have to give you. The defensive line, the defensive line, has been. As advertised. Uh, Look, if you've listened to this show, if you've listened to other Michigan State shows, if you just talk to a Michigan State fan, there's been a lot of buzz about this defensive line being anchored by Derek Harmon, Simeon Barrow, Tumisi Adelay, still working on that name, I'm so sorry, Uh, Chris Bogle, but even the depth behind them as well. During these scrimmages, they are making sure that there's not going to be a lot of mystery as to who the strength of this team is going to be. And also, Look, it's not big news, but no news is still news here around the quarterback battle. I heard that all, well, actually, I was going to say both guys have been doing good, but really all three guys, Sam Levitt being the third guy, are doing solid. It is still a neck-and-neck neck race between Kaden Hauser, Noah Kim. Yes, of course, Sam Levitt, his name gets thrown out there time to time, but I again, I have a hard time believing the true freshman is going to win the battle here. We talk about this every time, too, when we bring up Sam Levitt. I think he will have... A fine career at Michigan State. Truly think that. I mean, it, he's even impressing people in these scrimmages. But, yes, it is Hauser, Kim, neck and neck right there. Now let's go over to the Action Network where Brett McMurphy, great college football reporter, he put out his full list of Bull projections. I, One of my sicknesses in life is bull projections. I, I will look at them even in the dead of June. I will read any bull projection list that you give me. But Brett McMurphy, he comes out with his projections. And, f- folks, even, even sitting at 5.5 for the over-under wins for Michigan State this year, which is obviously right on the cusp of a bull game. There's some angst out there whether Michigan State will make a bowl game or not but Brett McMurphy is saying fear not Spartan fans because it is Spartans versus the Cowboys of Oklahoma State in the Eli Collins Bowl aka the Surf Pro First Responder Bowl. That's right. That is the day after Christmas. It is in Dallas and no, not not at Jerry World, but where SMU plays their games and I swear whenever the first responder bowl is on in our house, like it is the grayest of skies. Uh, there's no sunlight whatsoever. It It is not an aesthetically pleasing bowl game, but you know what I do like about this? Damn it, it's, it's a bowl game, alright? And at least one expert out there thinks we will be going bowling. Hey, I think Michigan State will make a bowl game this year as well, but if you guys haven't figured out by now, if you're watching on YouTube with all this stuff behind me, I, I'm a Michigan State fan. I, maybe just like a Tad bias there, but hey, there's a national writer that thinks our Spartans are going to do it. Now, Brett McMurphy had 10 total Big Ten teams going bowling this year, or 14 if you want to count our new friends out west that will be joining next year. So let's just go down those really quick. Now, in in horrible news, uh, he projects Michigan in the Rose Bowl against Florida State, and then Ohio State in the Sugar Bowl versus Georgia. Those are the two college football playoff games this year. He also has Penn State in the Orange Bowl versus Clemson. Wisconsin in the Citrus Bowl versus Tennessee. Strong first year for Luke Fickle is to be expected from Brett McMurphy. And myself, too. I think Wisconsin will have a fine year. Uh, Illinois in the Music City Bowl versus Arkansas. Iowa in the Pinstripe Bowl versus North, uh, North Carolina State. Maryland in the Guarantee Rate Bowl versus Baylor. Minnesota in the Quick Lane Bowl versus Central Michigan. And then Nebraska in the Las Vegas Bowl against Utah. Now that would be a fun one for Michigan State fans to uh, get a part of here. If I had to pick one of those games that obviously aren't the College Football Playoff or New Year's Six Bowl, I, I mean, the Las Vegas Bowl seems pretty appealing, but also, got it, I feel like we're due for a Music City Bowl here. That That's a pretty good goal to have for the season coming up. But yeah, that's the, the word from Brett McMurphy right there. And also before we dive into the mailbag here in a hot second, just want to talk about recruiting for a hot second here because before the weekend, Francis Bruwu Francis Bruwu out of Ohio he is a uh, just outside of the top 800 on the 24/7 sports composite. Uh, he is a defensive tackle six foot two 270 pound kid. who is committed to pitt he tweets out a hype video of Michigan State says let's go Spartans. It wasn't a commitment video. He is not flipped, but could we be on flip watch here? This is a guy that Michigan State has been pursuing here for the last few weeks, at least. It could be very well months or all the way back to March when he did commit to Pitt, but he was here for Spartan Dog Con. There have been players online trying to recruit this kid, so we have a little bit of a lull in recruiting until this Saturday when David Stone makes his commitment. To Oklahoma, uh, anyway. Uh, we so there is a little lull here, but that's just a little tidbit I wanted to throw in there. Keep your eye on Francis Bruwu, six foot two, two hundred seventy pound defensive tackle from Ohio, currently committed to Pitt. Could be on Flip Wash, so keep your eye on that. We are going to crack open the mailbag here in a hot second, but first need to talk your ears off about FanDuel Sportsbook, and you need to get in on this action at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because if, before we know it, NFL season will be kicking off, and right now, hey, bet on a Super Bowl winner. You are going to get a bonus bet every time that team wins in the regular season. If you're feeling spicy, if you're a Lions fan, You like them at 21 to 1. Go ahead, bet on them every time they win in the regular season. You are going to wake up with a bonus bet in your account. Or, hey, if you just want to take it easy, just bet the Chiefs, who are 6 to 1 favorites on FanDuel right now, to win the Super Bowl. Well, every time they win in the regular season, you got that right, a bonus bet to your account. It is that easy. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you are going to get a bonus bet back with every victory. And you could use those bonus bets on spreads, player props, over under same-game parlays, you name it. Go ahead and do it at FanDuel. So what are you waiting for? Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning those bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. One more Time fanduel.com slash locked on. All right, cracking open the mailbag here locked on spartans at gmail.com. If you ever want to reach out, just like Maximilian did, or do you know what? Also, reach out on Twitter shehand underscore sports as well. Uh, Maximilian writes in for this upcoming season Would you rather have the secondary breakout or have one of the quarterbacks finish top five in the Big Ten for passing yards? My answer is instant on this one. I do see the other argument, but I am going to go with a breakout season for the secondary. Why? I just might have to see it just for mental health reasons at this point. Look, I just I need to see the secondary show some semblance of life out there for the first time under Mel Tucker and Scotty Hazleton's tenure here. Uh, look, I cannot... You cannot, because I care about you guys as well. We collectively cannot, as Spartan fans, have four years of the same defense with the same coordinator and the same results in the passing game. I think it would just kill us if it hasn't already. um, But also, hey... On a more serious note, it would just obviously prove to us fans or also the people that matter in this whole thing, the players and recruits, that, hey, this defensive formula can actually work. And there's reason to believe it can work. Look, I know we're going back more than a decade here, but we're going to keep it in-house. Michigan State, under Pat Narduzzi, did not make that turn and have great defenses until the fourth year. I know it sounds crazy, and I know that in this day and age of college football, I mean, four weeks is a long time, let alone four years. But getting this new system in with the young players maybe does take some time. And speaking of those young players, too, if there's a breakout season for the secondary, that means that the young guys are really good players because there's going to be a lot of young pups on the secondary. Guys that we have seen last year because of injury issues, you know, for the guys playing in front of them, guys like Dylan Tatum, Jaden Mangum, Malik Spencer, or hey, maybe even Caleb Coley, Chance Rucker, any combination of those young guys, if you have a breakout season from your secondary, that, that means sophomores are balling out, guys, and you could only feel better about the future, the next year, the year after that, for Michigan State too, so yes, part of it is just mentally as a fan my God, I just I, I would love to see 450 yards not hunt up on us every single game that'd be delightful but it would really prove to us how great these young players are as well and also uh, just to argue against the second point of a top five passer like you still can have a solid season without a top five passing yards guy in the big ten I mean last year the cutoff from fifth to sixth was just 40 yards all right JJ McCarthy. He was 5th in the Big Ten for passing yards. Who was 6th? Hey, it was our own, or Auburn's finest, Peyton Thorne. Just 40 yards separated those guys. Tell me if Michigan's season and Michigan State's season last year, as much as I hate to say it, was like a 40-yard difference. No, I think they had a substantially better year, even though their passing game wasn't on paper much different than Michigan State's last year. But again, I can see why people would say, I want to see top-five quarterback play. I want to see top-five quarterback play. I get it because, look, you show the fan base, and again, recruits, the important people here, uh, that there is some sizzle on this stake at the quarterback position. Like, if it's Caten Hauser taking over as a true sophomore, and he throws up, like, top-three numbers in the Big Ten, oh, yeah, that's going to turn some heads, being like, well, that's that's a guy that I want to play for. I want to play for him right now as he's going to be here next year and maybe even the year after that. It's going to show a lot of the fans that, hey, Jay Johnson does know how to formulate an offense that can move the ball down the field. But also, I mean, hey, look, I... If, if you want to do the quarterback thing, because I, it, you can fire and change a coordinator. Uh, it is very hard to fire and hire a quarterback, even with the transfer portal, guys. I mean, it's a, it's no easy task just to go fishing and landing a big-name quarterback in the portal. That's going to work immediately. So just knowing that you have some continuity at the quarterback position, someone you feel safe with, whether it is Noah Kim and his two years of eligibility, or Caden Hauser and his three years of eligibility, okay, Go for it. Whatever makes you happy. But I'm going to stick with the breakout secondary. Uh, Travis writes in, hey, Matt, love the show first off. Travis, I love you listening. Thank you so much, man. Uh, With the conference realignments and future schedules changing so quickly lately, I wanted to ask what three teams from Group of Five and Power Five you would like to see a home-and-home series with or at least invited to play at Spartan Stadium out of the 45 FBS teams Michigan State has never played, which is a surprisingly high number to me, Travis writes and me as well I gotta be honest. Now Travis writes in from the group of five he would do a home and home with Navy, Appalachian State, and Northern Illinois. And then honorable mention for the North Texas Mean Green. And then from the power five he wants to do Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Tennessee. And also writes sorry for the homework assignment. Keep up the great work. Never apologize for a great mailback question like that. I am more than happy to do that homework. And actually." Well, Travis did most of the homework. He actually gave me the list of teams that Michigan Michigan State has never played before. He gave a nod to Spartans Avenue because they did a piece just like this. I will try to remember to include all forty five teams in the description of this video or podcast so you can play along as well. Now, for the group of five, who would I do a home and home with? No doubt, no doubt whatsoever. UNLV. I need. I need Spartan Nation to get out to Las Vegas for a weekend of shenanigans and fun. Michigan State fans, travel excellently. Alright, that was shown in Tempe. That was shown in Washington. I a nice long weekend with our Spartan brethren would be delightful. Now, for the other two, I also did factor in just travel. I mean, for me, it's not even quality of football. I'm just trying to have a good time, or even if I can't make the trip, I want our Spartan fan base to have a good time. And also, if it's a good location, that means, well, more of us are are traveling and making it a home field advantage for Michigan State. So with that said, my other two group of five schools, Coastal Carolina, Spartans on Myrtle Beach, that seems like a fever dream. That would be delightful. Absolutely delightful on that nice teal field over there that the Chanticleers have. And then the third team, Tulane. I would like a trip down to New Orleans. I think a lot of Spartan fans would be enticed by that, so that could be another neutral fielder home field advantage as well. However, I would like Tulane to like relax just for five minutes. I don't want them to be as good as they are right now. I'm not trying to drive or fly down to these games to watch Michigan State lose I know like I so I'd like Tulane to like go back to that six and six team that seven and five team that they were a few years ago and not this you know group of five powerhouse what's that all about anyway for the power five I'm gonna go with Vanderbilt and I know that is incredibly just ugh, like why would that's so unsexy like who would just ask for that but look it's drivable for a lot of us Spartan fans that live in Michigan. Uh, You get to count that as an SEC win. Yeah, I'm shameless about that. I would absolutely, no problem, chalk that up as an SEC uh, victory. And I think it'd just be cool to go to Nashville. You know, like, that was going to be uh, a stadium that you could probably see 60% full of Spartans. Maybe I'm overshooting it there. Maybe I'm being a little disrespectful to the Commodores. But I also have no reason to respect them. Sorry. Uh, Now... This is a newly minted Power 5 team for my second one, Central Florida. That's right, we're going to go to the bounce house. That's another winnable game, although the Golden Knights under Gus Malzahn I think are going to be a fine program. No doubt about it. I mean, they did win a national championship not too long ago, and yes, I do say that unironically. I have no problem with the Golden Knights claiming that national title. We could argue about that another day. But also for my third one, another SEC school that I'm actually surprised Michigan State has never played. Because, well, there is connection between Michigan State and South Carolina. That's right, Mark D'Antonio's old stomping grounds. But I would like to face the Gamecocks as a nice little home-and-home. Go between the hedges down there. They come up. I'd, I think that would be a really fun rivalry to have. Or maybe not a rivalry, or just like a one-off home-and-home matchup. But still, Vanderbilt, Central Florida, South Carolina. Now, what do all three of those have in common? We are not traveling out west, all right? I did not include any out west schools for the Power Five. Yes, I did include UNLV, but uh, no. I, I, I have seen, you guys have seen Michigan State go out west. One too many times for an unnecessary non conference game and fly back home with a loss. Not doing that again. Last but not least, this was from Twitter. Upper Deck Jerk Guy ranked the best tailgate mixed drinks. I'm going to do this. I'm going to say best tailgating drink for each time slot of games. For a noon kickoff, Man Mosa's. That's something that used to be on the menu at Top Golf. I'm sure they changed the name of that. But hey, uh, a, a beer mosa or whatever you want to call it. Half champagne, a quarter orange juice, and a quarter blue moon. Look, these are early morning tailgates. That gets the tempo started right. Now, for 330 games, if it's a hot game, any clear liquor and soda, like gin and tonic or tequila soda. Or if it's a cold game, fireball and cider. And for the night games, look, we're getting revved up. Vodka, Red Bulls, let's get reckless, let's make horrible life decisions, but let's also be ready for a night kickoff so we can stay up late and root on our Spartans into the darkness of the night. So there you have it. Gang, we will be back tomorrow. We are going to do a series of over-unders with friend of the program. That's right, his name is Maxwell. You guys all know him, hopefully, if you've listened to that last episode. But until then, keep it tuned, Locked on Spartans, your team in green and white. Love you all. Go Green!